Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast with me, your host, Charles Wolfork. And this is where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope and show you a technique that can help you cope. Please consider hitting the like and subscribe button. And if you're on a podcast platform, give a brother five stars and some feedback as well. Now, today we have the youngest person that has been on the podcast today, but man, by far one of the most phenomenal. Today we have Chris Stepman. Now, Chris grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. And like I just said, he just turned 18 years old and he wrote a book called Time to Scrap. He has a passion for writing, y'all. And this book is so amazing. that It has already sold 1,300 copies. Now, with this young man, he is also has a brilliant mind. And that's why he wanted to go ahead and start a book publishing company for all the different books that he tries to write or that he writes, whether it be from comic strips to poetry. And that's right. Today, he has started his own company today, y'all. It is called Stepman Entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you... Chris Stepman. What's up, Chris? What's up, Charles? Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. Uh, bro, thank you so much for coming on to the show, bro. I appreciate it. So, bro, 18 years old, walk us through why you started writing books and why you started doing what you're doing, man. Well, uh, a lot of it uh, started with a question that I think a lot of young people have to ask themselves, and it's just simple. What do you want to do? You know? 2020, just being in the house, you know, couldn't go outside, couldn't really go play basketball, couldn't do nothing. Just sitting at home. What am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do with my life? I was a junior, about to be a senior during that time. And I just had to figure out what I wanted to do. And I have to find my passion. Um, uh, People, I think a lot of people have different passions for things. They just got to find it. I found mine early and it was writing. And then I just started writing maybe a couple of poetries. And then that just turned into more and more and more. And then turned into books and all types of things. And I said, I could just turn this into a career. You know, this could be my future. Sorry about that. 100%. Was there anyone that told you like, hey, you got a talent, bro. Like you should really start doing like writing books and, and, and doing this as a profession. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say nobody told me as, to do it as a profession, but I was told that I've always like been a good writer. Like even in the early days of school, I've had um, teachers like that's been the one subject that I didn't even have to think about. I was just good at it. You know, a lot of kids dread writing an essay or we'll come back from Christmas break and, you know, teachers say write a paragraph of what you did. I don't wrote a whole page front and back on what I did, you know. My parents say I talk too much, so I just, you know, I write a lot, too. So uh, that uh, my mom, she always told me I was a good writer. I've always been a good writer. Um, Even recently, when I first started to blow up, I guess you could say on my um, there was a Facebook post that helped me blow up. It was my my first grade teacher found that she was like, I always knew that this would be one of your past because you used to write your ass off all the time in class when you was in first grade. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. So. It's always just been hinted at me. I just had to find it and really focus on it. Hell yeah. So like, what made you come up with the concept of your book, uh, Time to Scrap? The concept of Time to Scrap is a lot of uh, two things, really. It's like two. It's a lot of things in this book, but it's mainly two things. One, I'm going to go ahead and adjust the the fun side of it because a lot of people say it's fun, too. Like I said, 2020, being in the house, you know, what teenager, you know, I was focused, but what teenager not going to play the game? So I was playing a lot of games, you know. It was one game in particular, and this is an old school game. You might, you, you definitely know it. My stepdad, his Super Nintendo, it was Street Fighter 2. And playing that, me and my cousin, like, I played fighting games before then, but I just been 
I, I got addicted. Like we were playing nonstop street fighter, going at it back and forth, arguing, fussing, yelling, and then coming back and play again. So the whole fighting aspect, that's definitely from that and other fighting games. I play like Mortal Kombat and other things. Um, but as far as the realism and just the struggle and the reality, um, that comes from one 2020 because I feel like 2020 was rough for everybody, no matter who you were, whether what political beliefs you had, or it didn't matter. It was rough for everybody. And my favorite book of all time, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, just seeing how real and raw that book was and how I was able to connect to people like me and people that look like me. Um, I wanted to do that with this book as well, but still have the entertainment and fun side. So I kind of mixed the two together and I think I did a pretty good job. Yeah. Like, uh, tell us how influential that book, uh, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas was for you. <laughs> oh man, where do I begin? So, you know, like I said, I've always liked writing, you know, books that's always been I didn't say I was the biggest reader, but I always kind of found books, you know, every kid, you know, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I got into Divergent and Percy Jackson off and on. But, you know, those books were fun. But when I read The Hate You Give, it was the first book that kind of felt real, like kind of like very, very real. Like I could relate to it on a different level than I could with the other books that I used to that I grew up reading. Um it felt like a, I'm a, I'm a, people call me old school, even though I was born in 2004. Like I listened to a lot of Ice Cube and Tupac and a lot of, I got a Wu-Tang shirt on. So people call me old school. So it kind of felt like I was listening to a Tupac album, but reading it or reading an Ice Cube album or a Kendrick Lamar album for new school too. So it kind of felt like I was reading what they talk about. And it was the first time I was able to sit down and just relate to it. And I've, I've read, I've read it like 10 times, seen a movie like 10 times and, it just sticks with me every time I, I just always come back to it. I always come back to it. And the significance of that is that it was something that also unleashed your potential even that much more as well. Hey, tell these folks about the irony of the book about your ninth grade teacher, too. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so the irony about it is, you know, like I said, the book, it tackles a lot of issues, you know, with race or, you know, just for things that black people go through in general the irony of that book is my ninth grade teacher as i'm picking it out and reading it she looks at me and i was a basketball player during this time she looks at me and was like you want to read that book that book's a little too big for you want to read a basketball book and at first i was kind of like no nah, i want to read this book i didn't think about it and then the more that sat in my head it kept cycling back to my head i was like huh keep on i'm a freshman so yeah i, I wasn't really thinking too deep about it i said that was kind of slick uh, that was kind of little smart remark or something i told my mom about it and she blew up like my mom exploded she exploded oh, no, no, that was racist oh, no, 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 don't let me come down there who who was it you, you know how my you know how mom is i was like mom it's not that deep she said yes it is that deep and the fact that she said that with that book too my mom pointed out the irony of it and now real irony is the double irony i guess she said now i'm an author writing books but apparently that book was too big for me but now i'm writing books so it's just kind of, you know, kind of like a, I got you moment kind of in a way. So, yeah. Yeah. 100% can't let nobody define you. You know what I mean? Like if you would have listened to her in some way, shape or form, or if, if it would have caught on to where you'd be like, man, I guess you're right. Right. You would be missing out on so much abundance. I mean, that's special about you because your authenticity is what makes you so amazing. Tell us about how with the, the book Time to Scrap, you stuck to your authenticity and you actually wrote the book with your voice. Um, Yeah, um, that's authenticity and just being real. That's one of the best things about a person, especially in today's um, time and age. Um, even my comic book line, when I start my comic book is called Rico, which stands for real comics, you know, just being real. Um, so with Time to Scrap, it had to be real, you know. Um, a lot of people, a lot of my friends, they'll, they read the first page and they'll be like, 
yo, they sounded just like us. They they sound, they talk just like how we do, you know. I had a few, like itself, you know, there's a lot of grammar mistakes because like some words in there, like I put like gotta or y'all or ain't and all that type. Like talk like how we normally talk because that's how I wanted to connect with people. I didn't want you to feel like you was reading a book by somebody else. Like there's plenty of books like that for, you know, if you want that. But this book is for people like me who talk like me, we young. You know, like it, sometimes it's not even a color thing. Just young people are everyday talk, you know, just everyday talking. So a lot, and there was a few people on Facebook for the post when I was like, this is a good book, but it got some grammar incorrections. And I didn't even have to say anything. I didn't even have to say anything. Like people were coming to defend me like, well, the book is supposed to relate, yada, 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 yada. And I was just sitting back like, yo, please don't fight. Like, don't argue. Don't do none of that. But but yeah, so just being real and raw and having everything in it, you know, I want it to be as real and as possible. I didn't want to come off as fake or nothing like that. So I was just being myself in a book. 100, man. Like, I'm so proud of you for doing that. Like, a lot of people don't have that within them to be their, their full authentic selves. But for you to have that at such a young age and for you to have such a wonderful experience with doing that, man, like the sky's the limit as far as uh, y- your growth and as far as your company is concerned, because you already have that as your brand. And mm-hmm. please tell the folks about how you've connected with these kids that may not have ever wanted to read books, but now they're like seeking out your book. Hey, you got a copy, this, that, and the other. Tell, please tell the folks about that, yo. Oh, yeah, that that's one of the biggest things that I could take. Like the the sales is good. The You know, my name at different places, that's good. But the fact that people younger and older than me say that I inspire them to do a lot of things, that's what really gets to me. Um, not too long ago, I spoke with Henry McDavid, who's been on the podcast before. He has a school I talked to them and one of the young kids, it was a little girl. She asked me, how did it feel to be an entrepreneur? And it kind of just stuck with me um, that they, and a lot of other kids, they was asking me questions. There was one kid, he wants to start a comic book line and asked me a lot of different questions and says that he wanted to do what I'm doing. And um, adults too, a lot of people. And, and like I said, people like my age, they relate to the book because it sounds and talks just like them. I, I just actually got off. Um, I was talking to somebody earlier today about the comic books and stuff. He's a kid from somewhere. He found me on Facebook. It was like, dude, I want to do what you're doing. Like you're, you're doing it already. Like you, like what you're doing, like the cold comic books and black characters and stuff. Like, I want to do that. How are you doing that? So the fact that I'm kind of being a stepping stone or, you know, kind of guiding young people, even if mine doesn't go all the way, how I want it to go, at least maybe somebody can look at what I'm doing and say, it can say, okay, it's possible. You know what he's doing. He started it, you know, maybe I can be the next level or maybe I could do what he's doing because they see it now. So that's one of the biggest honors that I can live with. Like it's already happening, bro. Like you're already a blessing in so many ways. Like the ripple effect of that is not you just affecting that one person's life that reads the book, but then that person that is inspired by you that then touches someone else and someone else and someone Mm -hmm, else. mm -hmm. Your legacy is already being made at such a young age, right? That's crazy. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Like, it seems like you're just having fun, which is the best thing. And yet what has been maybe the most difficult part about this whole process as well? Difficult part is like I tell people is staying consistent consistent staying hopeful staying um just down with what you're doing um i told my friends the other day my my cousin and my uh one of my closest friends was like chris everything's going good for you yada yada you know i want to do stuff but sometimes like uh, one of my friends he wants to be an influence on tiktok 
like I don't be having followers or nothing. You just blew up like this. I said, because I released the book in January. I told him the whole month of February, I don't think I got no sales, maybe about 10 sales. Then March is where it got famous. And I had about 300 sales in a day. And then in April, the month after March in April, <laughs> it uh it went back down and now it's quieted down so it's just staying consistent you know staying consistent that's the sometimes and even for me i tell people to stay consistent of what they're doing sometimes even for me that's hard because you're like dang i i, I sold 300 sales the other day now i ain't sold no books in five days so it's kind of it kind of like so always on your conscience but you just got to stay ready stay you know keep working keep god on with you and keep with your family and you know just push through it and i promise nine out of ten is gonna work that is so powerful dog that you got such a valuable lesson the most the most valuable lesson of which anything is is consistency man thank you mm-hmm. for that reminder for even for myself and like you you mentioned and god like how has your spirituality played a part in like your your adventure you know since last year uh man so growing up i'm not gonna get too too deep into it but growing up i've always been you know in church you know growing up but in 2020 a lot happened like for everybody and personally for me a lot happened in 2020 you know like I said I've had those moments where you know I said I did I don't know what I'm gonna do like I don't know what I'm gonna do in my life because you know I didn't I just I didn't just wake up and say okay books you know it took some time and you know I started praying started reading the bible and as cliche or some people may think as lame as that sound that like it starts small and it works like that. I wish I could just tell people like y'all don't understand how much spiritual and just being with God, how much that actually helps. And there's even some of that in this book, you know, the character, he goes through so much. He goes through so much hell. But, you know, when he starts thinking positive, when he starts having the right people around him, when he starts, you know, praying and having these conversations with himself, life starts to change for him. And personally, for me, I saw it with my my mom, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, a lot of people like stats, you know, a lot of people like numbers and stats. Statistically, I'm not supposed to be where I'm at right now. Statistically, you know, you're probably not supposed to be where you're at right now. Statistically, by numbers. No way. So, <laughs> exactly. So my mom, she broke that, you know, she, she's she been very spiritual. It's not only has she helped me, but she's helped her mom, you know, her parents break that, you know, as well. Because a lot of people have a feeling like, well, I'm supposed to be here. This is me. This is what they want, you know, yada, yada. But when you have God with you, you can break that. You know, stats don't mean nothing because if stats was to matter, you know, they say a lot of black kids not supposed to make it past 18 or 21, you know. So, you know, you just got to have God with you to break those stats and break those, you know, cliches or whatever, because with him, anything's possible. And like I said, as cliche as that sound, I mean, it's just it's facts. It's real. It's I've just, seen it. I lived it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's facts. Like you said, it's it's real. And, and it's something that's repeated over and over again because it's absolutely true. Uh, with God, anything is possible. And uh, man, you have such a, an amazing foundation with your mom. I mean, we didn't even get on how amazing your uh-huh. mother is. Oh, my God. It's like, just the, go, go ahead and go ahead and shout out to the moms. <laughs> go, go ahead. Yeah, Tell people I how mean, awesome I, mom is. Yeah, man, I definitely wouldn't be here without my mom. There would be no way, Jose, I would be here without my mom. Uh, she's always my mom one thing that i can say my mom has done that really stuck with me and probably all my siblings that she always had conversations with us even when we didn't know what the hell she was talking about like we would be in first grade or kindergarten she'll give us whole hour conversations or two hour conversations about don't be a follower be a leader you know yada yada i'm like mom i don't even know what that means like you talking about line leader in school or you like what do you like what do you mean be a follower be a leader like no be, be like yeah that's what i mean so 
it'd be a lot of different conversations she'll have with us. She always kept us aware of the world. Like, while, like she also, my mom, she comes from like a very, very, very rough childhood. Like the whole cliche, like, like how Tupac and them, like how they talk about how they grew up. That's probably like my mom's, but worse, like very rough. And she's always been real with us, but she didn't like break our hope of the world as young kids kind of in a way. She's, but she's always made us aware of what's going on. So we had important conversations, you know, I remember when I was like in fifth grade, she told me about, um, I think it was Michael Brown or Trayvon Martin, one of those when they got killed. And I, was, I was young. I know what, you know, the whole ordeal was. And she gave me that conversation, you know, just always having talks with me about police, about the world, about, you know, why things are the way they are, you know, why certain family members are like this, why people like that. And just having that talk with me, just always talking with me. And the older I get, the more I'm realizing what these conversations mean there's still some conversations that i don't fully understand yet because she still do be talking to me but just you know i always listen i keep my ears open and yeah man she's definitely the reason that this all this happened so without her it wouldn't be possible so thank you mom 100 percent, 100 percent. i mean the most uh, the impressive thing that we talked about is that your mom is the first generation to go to school yes Yes, yes. First generation to go to college, became a nurse. She was going through nursing school while you were younger. So you have mm-hmm. the privilege of seeing her struggle. And you also yeah. have this, uh, the privilege of seeing the progression of your quality of life uh, because of your mom's uh, hard work and, and her mer- amazing work ethic and her dream of having you have a better life uh, as well. Yeah. And that's why I value hard work so, so much. That's why I, as much as there's a part of me, like I'm not perfect, you know, there's a part of me that's lazy. <laughs> be like i want to go to sleep i want to do that but <laughs> that's why i value hard work so much because seeing her study from 12 to 12 or like just up all night like we talk about it now i'll be like mom when i was in third grade i hardly remember seeing you that was like when you like if i, if I saw you you was at the table studying so just you know putting in that hard work and she was like in her 20s with three kids you know going to school and my stepfather helped out you know he came in stepped through and helped out but you know being a woman a black woman having three kids and going to school and making sure they are right and you working hard studying night too it, it's just crazy so that's why i value hard work and like you said i saw the progression you know we went from the projects to maybe a duplex and then you know and it was ups and downs maybe we'll go back you know it wasn't just a straight path you know we'll probably go back and then we'll move to duplex again but it just got bigger and better over time and now she owns a house and um she just gave us a way better foundation than what she had and that's all that she preaches her my father everybody they all preach um what they were taking it to another level so that's all i'm trying to do and you definitely are taking it to another level so with that next level what is your vision for stedman entertainment in your company your publishing company now man oh man this is my vision is it's, it's crazy so at first, at start, since today is the first day, we got this book. I actually got, I went, man, if it was a couple hours later or tomorrow, I could actually show you. But my friend, she's going to have the cover of my next book, Under Pressure, done today. So I'm going to post that later today, the cover of it. That book is more raw, more realistic. It has no fiction, no nothing. It's more raw. Like a lot of people thought Time to Scrap was real and raw. Like Under Pressure is all real and raw because it centers, um, it tackles a lot of problems that goes on in our communities that you know that we got to be responsible for in a way so that book's coming out i got comics i got like 10 comic series um i got maybe five comic books actually done like the script from them already done um i got people with poetry you know i got just all types of things and i'm trying to get my cousin my cousin he does music you know what i'm saying come over here you know you can make this a real thing trying to help him out because i don't want to put out none of his business out there but he sometimes be in the wrong stuff too so i'll be like you can come over here you know 
I got a company. We can do this legit. We can like, you know, help you out too. So just helping out a lot of people. Like I said, my friends and artists, she's doing the cover for me, just trying to help a lot of people along the way and start this brand, start this literature brand and stuff. And who knows where it goes to? Because when you do comic books, that leads to cartoon shows and animation and movies. You see it all the time with Marvel and DC and they stuff. So that's how I see my stuff. It just let it keep growing the games and all that stuff. That's why I call it STEM entertainment because I didn't want to just label it with books or one thing because it, yeah, it's, it mar it goes to the next level. It's tears. So it's, uh, it's a lot of things in one. So yeah. Oh man, you a cold dude, bro. You a cold dude, man. I love it. <laughs> I love you, it. Thank you. Oh, man, what an uh, amazing idea. And, you know, I mean, you're just going to grow from here. So everything's going to get better and better from your marketing to your branding to, I mean, you making sure that you got your all your IPs right, just mm -hmm. everything. Oh, and uh, one a great example of a comic book that turned into animation. Of course, you have um, a lot of the different comic books that turned in, um, like, you know, everything from V for, from, uh, v for Vendetta and all those um, mm -hmm. What do they call them? Graphic comics or graphic yeah. novels? Graphic, graphic novels, novels, yeah. Yep. But then you also had just have a comic book uh, or a comic, um, which is a comic strip, which was a uh, Boondocks that turned into yeah. a legendary mm -hmm. cartoon. Legendary cartoon. <laughs> probably my favorite. Me and my sister, we be quoting everything from that show every day. Legendary. Yeah. Yes, hundred percent. Yo, shout out to the Boondocks. And uh, today, man, this is exciting for me because, like I said, you are uh, my youngest guest that, that has ever been on the show, and uh, we do a lot of growth right here on uh on the drop your baggage podcast so um we're, this is where we talk to people that are dope that can bring you hope and show you a technique that can help you cope and that technique is this technique where it's a guided meditation that is going to help you shift your perspective upon some things that happened to you in your past to make you see things where you see them with compassion empathy forgiveness and acceptance so today you wanted to get rid of your fear of failure how is the fear of failure uh like how has it affected you in your life um the fear of failure man it almost stop the book even from releasing because I was so prone on not being rejected or not getting, you know, I don't want it to flop. I don't want it to, to fail even on a small level, you know, because of course I didn't see it getting this big, but um, even like when I first released it, I was like, man, like, do I want to do this? Like, you know, how, how's everybody going to look at it? My friends are like, they're going to be like, this dude wrote a book. Like who, who does books? Like, what do you mean? He wrote a book. That, that's lame. So I didn't want to, it was kind of like a balance, you know, kind of a balance. So it almost stopped the, this book coming out. But like I said, mom, once again, superhero, uh, she came by and said, Chris, if you don't do this book, you're going to live with the biggest what if of your life, the biggest what if of your life. If you release the book and it flops, you're not going to lose nothing. You you won't lose nothing. You ain't losing nothing. If, if you don't do it, though, and it could have been a million dollars or a billion dollars, it could have been the next big movie, you know, Marvel DC thing, you you won't be able to live with yourself. So I had to tune out the that, you know, that negative side of my brain because it's always when I even when I talk to my little brothers and sisters, you know, they kind of look up to me in a way. And, I, and like I told you about my friends and my cousins, they always say, oh, Chris, you got everything. You're doing it right. I like it's not I'm I'm human too so I still have that voice in my head that's a little bit of doubt in me you know having that like I, I kind of think of it like the angel and the devil Chris like the angel like they both going back and forth and arguing so I have that voice in me but sometimes you have to tune out that voice and just push through it and do it and realize that you don't really got nothing to lose you only got a lot to gain so i have to realize that and get the book out man what a what a shame that would be if you didn't release the book bro yeah man, we wouldn't <laughs> be here right now i know right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I 
Man, so like, are there any other projects that you kind of have this little fear, uh, like fear of failure or, or any things that you do throughout, you know, running your business where a little bit of fear kind of like sneaks in? Oh, yeah. Um, that like the, this book was just an example, of, especially, you know, starting a company, you know, that's a lot of money's involved and a lot of things like that is involved. So, of course, that's always going to play on your mind. But because I'm a I'm what my family calls or my dad's side of the family calls a competitive freak. So I kind of hear that voice like, oh, you feel yada, yada, yada. So I'll be like, no, nah, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to prove them wrong. I'd be talking to myself. I'd be crazy. I'd be like, I'm going to prove them wrong. I ain't, I don't want to fail. Um, but yeah, even with the company, man, the whole, all this that's happening, you know, I'm young. So it's, I can't just point out too many times where I just had a big fear of failure. But since this is the first big thing that I can say in my life that I'm doing is like kind of always there in a way still. This the fear of failure, especially with the company thing and all that I'm doing, you know, like, you know, like how said talked about earlier with consistency, you know, like I said, one minute I'm doing big numbers, like over a thousand sales. And then maybe the next 10 days, I don't sell nothing. And then that fear, it gets bigger, you know, it, it, exactly. It gets over with the anxiety picks up, but you just got to pray. Like I said, that's why God and faith is important. Pray, you know, talk to yourself, sit, have these moments and say, okay, Instead of moping and whining, what am I supposed, what am I going to do to fix it? What am I going to do to change it? So yeah, that's what I, yeah. Love it. Love it. Let's go, man. All right. So with this fear of failure, we're going to go through the uh, mental and emotional release process, simple guided meditation. There's three things that you need to do are very important. Number one, you need to use your imagination. Number two, you got to follow directions, just like you follow a good recipe or Google maps. Mm Mm-hmm. And then number three is to trust the process. Know that I'm your guide and I'll be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. And I come from a, lo- a place of love and high vibration. All right. Now we're going to be observing different events within your life. So um, when you do that, go ahead and make sure that you look at the event from other people's perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Super important. That's going to be the most profound thing that you can do throughout this whole thing. All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this fear of failure today and for you to be aware of it consciously? Mm-hmm. Awesome. What is the root cause of this problem? The first event, which when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you felt the fear of failure um, between the ages of birth and seven? And in fact, we went over this. It was basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and tell people about that. So um, I kind of always look at sports now as like, OK, because you were young, you know, it didn't matter. But it, it does matter because childhood, you know, how you grow up, that determines who you are um, when you're an adult. So it was my first time trying out for basketball. Up until that point, I've only done football. I was a football player. You know, that was easy to me. All you're doing is running. Basketball, I always looked hard because you got to dribble. I couldn't do layups. I couldn't do nothing. And like I said, it's goofy now, but then it was like a real big deal, you know. Mom, and like I said, I got to connect it. My mom, she was hardworking. You know, she was always doing things. So for her to take time out of that, um, you know, make sure that I got everything I need for basketball, take me to, to the tryouts and stuff. I didn't want to let her down so yeah that was just the first big time and i ended up making a team but uh yeah so but it, i just that was just the first time i just remember having fear of failure and just sticking over my head even out throughout the whole trial so i was relieved once i made the team i was like oh, okay i got this but before then i was like oh my god like i don't want to fail i don't want to you know i don't want people to think i suck my mom i'm out here in front of people you know it was kind of like the first time i was on a stage so yeah that was the that's the first time i can remember and i was like six or seven yeah Oh, wow. Wow. Perfect. Perfect. That was a a one that definitely seemed as though it was a a root cause and we can just start from there. All right. All right. Whenever you're ready, you can go ahead and close your eyes and relax and let me know when you're ready for the process. I'm ready. (laughs) All right. Now, just imagine 
floating up above yourself right here, right now in this very moment and see yourself from a third person point of view. See your long hair, your Wu-Tang shirt, your red walls, the doors everywhere, the window to your right. Let me know when you can see yourself from a third person point of view. I see it. All right. Now. I want you to keep your eyes closed, but create an imaginary timeline. And with your imaginary timeline, your past can be to your left, to your right, or behind you. If you were to know, where's your past? On my left. Where's your future? On my right. All right, perfect. So just imagine floating up above your timeline and just imagine floating into the past. Float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above that first event in which you felt the fear of failure. When you were just a little kid, seven years old, I want you to see that little kid from a third-person point of view, like a fly on the wall, and just observe the whole event. Let me know when you can see that event. I see it right now. All right. Now stay right there. Don't move. Stay high above the event and just ask your unconscious mind what it needs to learn from the event. The learning of which will allow you to let go of the emotions easily and effortlessly. Your unconscious mind can preserve the learning so that if you need them in the future, they'll be there. Just tell your unconscious mind to preserve the learning. This is an exercise of forgiveness and acceptance. Forgiveness for yourself and others and acceptance of yourself and others. Who do you have to forgive? What do you have to accept? Who do you have to accept? Remember to see this event from everybody's perspective, everybody's point of view. And as you do so, focus your attention upon how hurt people hurt people. We're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. We can't control anyone else's actions, but we can control our response. We can grow stronger and wiser and learn from other people's actions and mistakes. Other people's actions have nothing to do with you. It's only a reflection of their baggage and whatever they're going through at the time. And we're better people than we were when those events occurred. You're a better person than you were when those events occurred. You're stronger. You're wiser. What is something positive and empowering you can say to little Chris and everyone else involved in the event with the consciousness that you have today that will allow the emotions to evaporate like water on the concrete on a hot summer day. And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. Just let me know when they're all gone. They're all gone. Awesome. Now, tell me, what did you learn from the event? Uh, I learned that um, it's not, there's a bigger picture or there's more like uh like i said before it was basketball you know i would you know i would tell them that this is this is just one little thing you know there's whole there's a life there's you know everything else around you it's not that deep it's not that serious or i mean it is serious but it's okay to fail because failure is how you are that's how you're able to move on Mm -hmm. now keep your eyes closed what is something that you had to tell your mom Mm -hmm. I told my mom that it's okay as well, that all of this is for her, especially for her to keep, you know, being who she was and what she was and not just what she was, but what she is. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and float into the past to your left and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age. Let me know when you're above the dinosaurs. I'm above the dinosaurs. Awesome. Now, as you're above the dinosaurs, just imagine floating into space, float deeper and deeper and deeper into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. And imagine your timeline is the size of a fingernail. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. Now, just imagine floating there, weightless, in space, and ask yourself now where are the emotions tell me are they there or have they disappeared now they've disappeared awesome now just imagine going down inside of the event sink your own eyes as a little boy and check on the emotions tell me are they there or have they disappeared now they disappeared awesome flow back above the dinosaurs and then float into space to where space and the atmosphere connect let me know when you're there i'm there All right, listen closely. Flow very, very high above your timeline, above each and every event in which you felt the fear of failure from birth until now in chronological order. Don't skip one event that has a charge on it. Preserve the learnings and let go of that fear of failure. 
all the way back to now. Go. As you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. Just let me know when they're all gone. They're all gone. Awesome. Now just imagine floating down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready. Welcome back. Right, thank you. That was, that was, I, man, that was, that was, that was something else. That's all I can say about something. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh, that's, that was something else, man. I, I kind of stuck. I ain't gonna lie. I, I just kind of stuck. Like when, when we talked about it, you said you was doing it, man. You, you, you be doing your thing, man. I see. I see now, man. <laughs> I see. I see. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 tell me how you feel bro i kind of feel like rejuvenated in a way uh -huh. i kind of like recharged or refreshed uh -huh. in a way it's kind of weird because like i wasn't too tired before but i was a little bit drowsy like when we first started them earlier today but i kind of just feel like kind of like just re recharged like somebody just charged me up or something it's kind of yeah. weird yeah yeah when did the shift take place uh throughout that little meditation the second you said highlight every single you know part mm -hmm. and erase it mm -hmm. or tell yourself that it's okay or you mm -hmm. know to do that mm -hmm. and then when you said come back down that it kind of like kind of almost just like that <laughs> in a way yeah and that's why when i opened my eyes i was kind of just like whoa like like even my room looks different kind of now. Like the, the, the red on my walls look brighter now. Like whoa, like it's, it's kind of weird. And, uh, yeah, but the second you said that, it just clicked. And when I came back, I kind of just went like. Uh, good job, bro. So what are some of the lessons that were important that you learned throughout your timeline? Because we see what was important like for you during that basketball game. We got those learning. What are the other learnings that you had to know within yourself throughout your timeline? A lot of the things. And like I said, it could be because how young I am and like I'm only 18. So I spent my whole life mm -hmm. in school, just different interactions with people, you mm -hmm. know, my responsibility as a big brother or, you know, being a son or, you know, and how I am for other people. And one of the most common thing I had to say, and like I said, it's because I'm probably so young is that you haven't even started yet. Like, because my anxiety builds up, like, like that fear of failure, like you said, it builds up sometimes. And it's not just with like, listing things are my goals is like, how am I as a big brother? How am I as a, as a son? How am I as a nephew or grandson? You know, my interaction with so many people, because i my whole life, I've kind of been like the one that people gravitate towards from all parts of my family. Uh, my mom told me that I, I'm I'm like the first grandson of the next generation. There's one more big cousin older than me, but he was always with his mom's side of the family. But when I was born, that's kind of when my family started to change because before that, like I said, it was dysfunction, a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff going on. And she said, when I was born, that kind of changed. Like, you know, my grandparents, they started doing better. You know, people, you know, it started to change a little bit. So my whole life, I've kind of felt that in a way, like people to kind of gravitate towards me or not even that, but just look at me like with a beacon of hope. So it's kind of like, how do I attain this? You know, how do I how do I just, you know, keep them proud of me? Kind of that fear of failure from them. I don't want them to, you know, look down on me. And I told myself throughout all those timelines that you haven't even started. Like you haven't even started now. Now it's like now I can see it like I'm only 18, but during those moments and and doing that uh, experience we just had all, like every time i point out something i say you haven't even started yet. you're you're like you this is just like the prelude to your life you just you're just 
one thing that you do now or a mistake that you do now, you're a kid. You're, you're, you know, you're young. You haven't even got started yet. So that's one of the main things I have to tell myself and a lesson I learned. That's something so amazing to remember. Cause you know, when you got that pressure on you or when you see these things, you don't sometimes, uh, I don't, I'll, I'll speak for myself and not for you, but you know, I don't take the time to actually see things from that bird's eye view of like, wow, I got so much more room yeah. to grow. I got so much more, uh, so many more blessings to give. I got so much more uh, potential that I can reach. Like, I, this is only like the start, you know what I mean? And for a life that can go to 120, like I, I still have so much, so yep. much that I can do. And and like the pressure, like I, I know that where I am now is not where I'm going to be in five years you know mm -hmm. what I mean? even next year for that matter so like yeah when you said that that also stuck with me because when i was able to see outside my own body my own head and around me mm -hmm. i was like i was just like dude there's like so much it felt like there was so much room mm -hmm. that's why one of the main things i was telling myself i was like you haven't even got started yet. you're stuck in your head and you stuck in your own thoughts but there's seeing it from another perspective or seeing it from the outside kind of helped me on the inside in a way. Just saying like, dude, you haven't even got started. You're young. You you know, this moment right here, you know, whether you did good or whether you did bad, you got back up and you got to keep pushing it. It's not, you know, you're, you're still young. And just seeing it from a, another point of view, it kind of helped me realize or relieve some of that stress that, you know, it's going to be okay. You haven't even got started. You're going to move on. And like you just said, I, you know, I look to be at a different spot next year than I am right now. And just further on. So that that helped a lot, too. Yeah, You said something that was quite beneficial. Also, can you dwell upon or better yet, elaborate upon how uh, there's a huge difference between looking at things from that first person point of view, like through your own eyes and then looking at mm -hmm. something from outside, like disassociating yourself from that emotion. Now, disassociation uh, definitely has a, a, a different type of connotations when it comes to like people disassociating mm -hmm. just from life in general. But disassociating yeah. from a certain event that may uh, make you feel a, a certain type of way, whether it be anxious or stress, that's so um, beneficial. So can you kind of uh, elaborate on, on what you felt? Oh, yeah. Um, one of the like when you said the second you said go out and, you know, see other um, I figured out or I just learned that when you're in your own head and your own thoughts, your tunnel vision It's kind of like you see like this. Like that's all you can see. That's all that you focus on. And you just hear everything that's going on in your head. Your tunnel vision you you don't see you don't see everything else you, it's kind of a bigger picture you know and i even for my stuff because i've always felt like i've been the one to i mean of course I, i've always been a little bit more mature than those around me at my age of course of what i'm doing but even myself sometimes i get you know tunnel vision you know I, when something when when that fear comes back you know i get tunnel vision and you know when you when i just did that when i took myself out and I was able to see the bigger picture, it just kind of like, it kind of, that's why when I came back, I was just like, whoa, like, like I haven't even clicked. I haven't, like, even with all I'm doing now, it's like, dude, you haven't even gotten started yet. You're like, this is just the prelude. Like, there's so much more that you are worth doing. Yeah, you probably, if you failed here or in this moment, like, it's okay, you know, come back, come back stronger. And you haven't even gotten started yet. So yeah, that's when you, when I think it's, I think it's very important for people not to just, you know, throw away their life or their thoughts or nothing like that, but to, you know, sit down, you know, self and say, okay, what's really going on? You know, close your eyes, do the thing if you got to close your eyes, you know, see all around you, see from other people's point of view, see, you know, other how other people look at you. Because one bad thing that I do, I may look at that as like, man, I messed up, I messed up, I'm yada, yada, yada. 
my family, they're like, oh, that's still Chris. You know, he's Chris. You know, we love him. You know, that's Chris. You know, we love him still. But in my head, I'm like, oh, no, yada, 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 yada. So when you just when you take the time to see the bigger picture, I feel like that's very important. I feel like people should do that, you know, especially if you got that fear or any fear to, you know, any fear of uh, anxiety of any form. You know, mine was fear, but people have it in different ways and different forms. So any any type of that, just take the time, sit down, play some nice music if you got to, you know, just doing it just now. I feel like I want to do it, you know, some more whenever it clicks back or hits me. Now I got something I could do now when... <laughs> Whenever I look at my sales and they're not doing well, you know, I got something I could do now. So, you know, that that helped out a lot. Man, you just dropped some real gems in there how, about how uh, when you're seeing things through a first person point of view, you're looking at it just from your consciousness. So that's the consciousness mm-hmm. of not just what you're going through, but also every all the, the ways that you react to stressors within your life as well. So you just have like yeah. this, like, mm-hmm. like you said, tunnel vision, tunnel vision, yeah. just making it through with the consciousness that you have. So seeing it from that outside perspective, you said that, that um, you you got a, a bigger a, a a bigger vision of like what you're going through and how you're still growing and having empathy and compassion for yourself. But also something that's very profound and powerful is the amount of support that you felt because you said like, you know, once you see it from the people's perspective in which you, you, you kind of maybe have felt this internal pressure, you see like, Mm -hmm. man, there is no internal pressure. They love you no matter what. And they see you for Mm -hmm. you, you be just being you and, and loving you for who you are. And now once one more thing, you know, that's also a tool. Uh, and that, yeah. that's, that's a practice that you can have. And it's everything is a practice. That's a practice that you can have to always stay grounded and, and like to see things from a, a bigger vision of another perspective. Good job, bro. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. A hundred percent, man. You feeling good? Yes. Still feeling it. Yeah. Still- <laughs> I feel I, I'm gonna write more and do everything. Like, I, I'm ready now, yeah. I'm up now. <laughs> a lot of people that go through this, they definitely have a boost. I'm like, okay, the inspiration. Like, oh wow, all of this muck is outside of the, like out of the way. Now there's a yeah. clarity of mind. Now let me go ahead and get to work. You know what I mean? Let's mm-hmm. go. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel. I'm about to get to writing. I'm about to <laughs> mention some people. And yeah. get some stuff done. Now I'm ready now. Oh man, that's that's phenomenal, man. I'm so so proud. So, like for all of the Chris Stedman fans around the world, man, please go ahead and tell them, of course, you know, for even anybody that doesn't know where to reach you, tell them where to reach you. And also, oh, man, yeah. give them one more bit of good info, like a bit of advice or word of wisdom or whatever you want to leave them with that that makes you feel better or that you think that would make them feel better. Okay. For starters, y'all can find me at Instagram. That's why I'm most active at Stedman Entertainment. I'm mm-hmm. um, Stedman underscore entertainment. Um, I'm at Twitter on Stemmet Entertainment. Um, those are my main two spots. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to throw in a book too, because you know I got the book is seven dollars on Amazon. Um, you know that's a nice price. So the book is real good. Everybody loved it. Angie Thomas, she loved the book. So you know a lot of people like the book. But one one advice that I could give people, and it's the biggest thing. And I already talked about consistency, so I'm not going to dwell on that too much. But I want like I know it sounds cliche and lame, but faith and religion play not even religion. Like like, you know, people, different people have different religions or whatever. There's a lot of different type. But even growing up as a kid, I was like, well, OK, but OK, so this is the Church of Christ. But this is the Church of Baptist. Like, what's the difference? Like, I, you know, so but just having that connection internally, it's not something that you can fake. It's not something that. You can act like it's not something that you can, you know, try to pretend. It has to be real 
and wrong. That's one of the main, even past, like even with the book, like forget the book, just that's why I'm so comfortable being myself because I know who I am. I know my intentions. I know my connection with God. I know can't nobody get in between that. I know no matter what nobody says about it, even though sometimes, like I said, I get tunnel vision. What I said about myself, you know, I kind of get crazy, but that's how I know at the end of the day, I know what I'm doing is good. I know what I'm doing is positive. And that's how and that's how anything gets done. Everything, you know, like how me and you talked about earlier, people say it's cliche, but it gets repeated over and over again for years and centuries that through God, anything is possible because how it's true. It's true. Like it's literally true. A lot of people think, and and I've talked to people that thought, think like this. A lot of people think, oh, believing this God is, oh, I'm going to pray for a couple of days and I want to get rich or I want to, you know, my life is going to change like that. It's not like that. It's a process. It's a grind. It's a, you know, you really have to show that you care. Like you have to really show you, it got to be real. That's, that's not like right here. That I got a feeling like right here in my chest. That's how I could best describe it. It has to be real. It has to be raw. It has to be, you know, bright. It has to be glowing. So that's the best thing I could tell people. And you know, like I said, religion, I know that might scare a lot of people, you know, religion, yada, yada, but just your faith in a higher power in God, you know, that that helped a lot. And this book talks about that a lot, too. So that's that's one of the biggest things, the biggest things I could tell anybody is just have that real bond, that real raw connection where, you know, at the end of the day, you can lay down, you could pray, you know, it, it don't even got to be two minutes long. It could be a couple seconds, you know, just thank, you know, I, I thank you, God, I made it home. You know, I drove on the interstate today. You know, I, when I started driving a lot more, as I got older, I started seeing a lot of car accidents and on the news, you say, oh, so-and-so died or, you know, 16 years old, or I have people at my age, you know, that died this year, they didn't even get to graduate to car accidents and things of that nature. So even the small things, you know, I didn't get, I didn't, you know, get into a car accident. My mama made it home, you know, my family, you know, my brother, he just went out and made it back, you know, whatever, even small things like that, the smallest things. I got food, you know, you see people outside, they don't got food, you know, or they got to, they don't know when they're going to get their next meal, you know. I may not like what's in my refrigerator, but I can eat it if I get too hungry, you know. I, I'm a, you know, it's a lot of uh, vet, fruits in there. I may not want the fruits over the chips, but I, if I get too hungry, it's there, so I don't got to worry about a lot of these things and just, you know, praying, saying thank you. You know, that that goes so far. Thank you for what I do got. You know, as a little kid, I was praying, you know, I was like, I want this. I need that. Or, you know, I want that. Yeah. But thank you for what I do have because it could be worse. There's people out there that don't have it. There's people that don't make it. So thank you that I made it home. My mom, they're in Nashville right now. So when they come home, you know, I'm afraid to know, you know, thank you for letting them go to Nashville and come back home, you know, you know, like especially now in 2022 where you could go shopping and people like it's shootings and bombings. It seems like every Friday, it seemed like. So the fact that, you know, I can go out and make it back home and, you know, it's just, you know, you got to be thankful for the small things. So. I, I can keep talking. I don't want to go too deep into it, but faith and having that real bond connection, being able to sit down saying, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. And that's just the basics of stuff. So even with this, I'm definitely saying thank you a lot more. So it, it goes up to different levels. You know, I said, thank you for this. And now I got it. So, it, you know, you just got to be real. It has to be genuine and you got to put in work. So that that inconsistency is I could tell that to anybody and I guarantee it would help them out if they actually went through with it. I love your connection with the creator, man. It's so important. So important to have that connection with the creator. Thank yeah. you so much for that words. Somebody somebody needed that. And so just thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Mm -hmm. And you. and thank you guys out there so much for mm -hmm. your attention and your support. Believe me, it, it means love. It means the world to me. And I love you guys so much. Uh, once again, please consider hitting the like and subscribe button if you're on YouTube or any uh, a podcast platform. If 
you're on a podcast platform, give her brother five stars and some feedback right here on the Drop Your Baggage podcast. On, uh, uh, <laughs> right here on the Drop Your Baggage podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope and show you a technique that can help you cope. I am your host, the self-talk engineer, Charles Wolfork, with my special guest, Chris Stepman in the house. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, please take care of yourself and take care of one another. Peace.